0: This episode is sponsored by Villiard Jets. Support us by using the link in the description below to find out just how affordable it could be to fly in style to the next Grand Prix. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wheel Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hassett. And of course, this is the Pre-Bahrain Podcast, where once again, I'm joined by a wonderful creator. And as always, I'm going to let him introduce himself because he knows himself far better than I do. So uh, if you want to go ahead and introduce introduce yourself even
1: to these fine people. <laughs> okay, so first of all, thanks, Jason, for having me. Um, your channel has been growing well. Uh, it's been, I've been looking at it from a distance, uh, always an inspiration for me as well. Uh, so from my side, I, I'm for, <laughs> so yeah, uh, first of all, I am a content writer. I write for uh, sportskida.com. I basically am covering the Formula One mm-hmm. vertical in that website. Other than that, um, many might might be aware or might not be aware of my Twitter handle, the Casual Fan. Uh, similarly, I have my own YouTube channel. It's a fledgling channel. It's still at a very early stage in terms of growth. So I try to put out my views on both Twitter as well as uh, on my YouTube channel from time and again. But primarily, probably because of the uh, because of time constraints, my main forte has been my writing. So yeah, as a F1 writer, I've been making my name for the last three, four years now and hoping to be a much better YouTube content creator as well in the future.
0: Fantastic. And, um, we will of course put all of the links in the description below. And I do urge you to go ahead and follow all of those links and support the fantastic creators out there. Um, so with that being said, Uh, I guess we jump in to uh, a look ahead to the Bahrain Grand Prix based on what we saw in testing. And given you are the casual F1 fan, um, I thought it would be fun to do a very casual chat um, based on my predictions for the Bahrain Grand Prix and run through the driver lineup um, and see if you agree or, like 90% of my audience, think I'm an idiot. Um, so if that's okay with you I'll jump in with we'll place 20 <laughs> sure go ahead um, so I think for me unfortunately and this is probably less to do with the driver and more to do with just I think this team is playing catch up I think in the last place we're going to see Logan Sargent um, and again it's nothing to do with the driver he's been he, he's been a solid driver in the junior series and um, you know I don't see any reason why he's going to let them down or be any worse than Latifi for example not to to bash Latifi (laughs) but I think it's fair to say Williams have the biggest gap to to make up so I guess would you agree do you think Logan Sargent would be uh, your pick for 20th or would you pick someone else for this weekend for last place
1: Uh, I agree with you to an extent Um, but there is something I think not many F1 fans will know Logan Sargent and Oscar Piastri were teammates in F3 and if it wasn't for the crash in the last race in Formula 3, Logan Sargent would have been the world champion in F3, not Oscar Piastri. He even outscored him. Sorry, he even outqualified him. I don't remember the statistics, but he out outqualified him quite quite prolifically even in that series. So Logan in terms of raw pace is quite good. But again, coming back to the whole thing, Williams is the car looks undercooked if I if i can say that it's not there at least for now so yeah i don't think he beats albon early maybe after mid season you will see him surge for now yes 20th i agree with you
0: <laughs> yeah and it's 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 unfortunate as well because i i also unfortunately put albon in 19th and again it, it's nothing to do with the drivers um, because Albon as well I rate very, very highly. I just think the problem is Williams had such a gap to catch up last year, and although it looks in testing like they've made a, a good bit of progress, I think we're going to see a lot of teams make progress, and I think I, I think it may be 2024 before we see Williams kind of close that gap. Um, I'm hopeful, but... I'm going to put those two drivers in 19th and 20th. Yeah, in terms um, of pace. I swear after this.
1: I agree uh, in terms of pace I don't think I yeah. can disagree with that. Uh, I agree with you. Um mostly because of the because of where Williams finds itself. I think the other cars have taken a bigger step. I uh, may maybe in the first few races it it might become clear but for now I agree with you. It's hard to say Williams is going to, you know, mingle with the at least in in the 15 14 13 bracket. Even I find it hard to see.
0: Yeah, I get you, I get you. So, yeah, look, but I think one thing I will say for any Williams fans that are listening to this and now throwing stuff at the screen uh, or throwing their phone to the ground, um, I think Williams is making some of the right moves, um, and although (laughs) they're in a difficult position of losing FX to Maison and their head of aerodynamics as well, um, I think bringing James Vell's in is a good step, but unfortunately, I think we... We may not see the fruits of that labour um, for a while to come, um, yeah. but yeah, that's true. Yeah, hopefully uh, not soon. so early.
1: We, <laughs> the team doesn't have a technical director. I mean, it has a long way to go. Um. So in 18th, I put Yuki Sonoda,
0: and uh, just as a, I guess not to spoil how this is going to go, but I've put Nick Devries a little bit further up. Again, the reason is car just, and they they struggled last year with their concept. Yeah. They haven't taken any more parts from Red Bull, which they could have done. Obviously, there's the news recently that they could be sold or forced yeah. to move to the UK. Um, and I just, I think Yuki, especially, if the car is as difficult to drive as it maybe it was just me, but it looked like it was quite difficult to tame in testing. Hmm. I think Yuki could be under a bit of pressure this year because unlike Nick, I think, I think Yuki struggles in those situations of high pressure, whereas Nick De Vries seems to be very, very quick and kind of Harry, a a, a difficult car around the track. So for me, I would say Yuki is probably going to be trundling down the back in 18th, which is a shame because I like Yuki. Um, but obviously, I'd love to hear your thoughts on who you think will be down there.
1: Um, th- This might be a bit a bit controversial of, of an opinion because uh, I don't rate Nick DeVries that highly, <laughs> especially if I compare him with Yuki. Okay. Um, <laughs> primarily because whatever I've seen, uh, it's not that Nick DeVries does not deserve to be in Formula 1, nothing like that. He's good. Uh, I don't see him as a future Red Bull driver. Right now, um, even last year we saw, okay. yeah, even uh, last year we saw, uh, y- Yuki did do quite well. Uh, if we take a look at a few races, he did quite well against Gasly. At least in the first few races. I do agree, um, AlphaTauri will struggle. Um, I don't see them doing that well. But if I have to talk about, th- there are a few factors in play here. Uh, first of all, uh, DeVries will be driving the car after just one and a half days of testing that's not much secondly i do feel in terms of optimum yep. uh, the peak performance i think yuki is probably higher i might be wrong of course but he's probably higher than nick at least he will be in the early stages of the season so if i have to make a pick out of the two i think i'll pick uh, devries at uh, which one is it 18 so if i have to make a pick i'll pick uh, devries to be in 18 not yuki I think this might uh, <laughs> this might anger quite a few Dutch you... fans, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's something that I, um, whatever <laughs> I've seen with uh, with Nick, I think that might be the case because I've seen him qu- since twenty eighteen, and he was touted very highly as a McLaren junior, but he hasn't he hasn't set the world on fire like I expected him. Okay,
0: no, that's that's fair. That's absolutely <laughs> fair. And if if it wasn't out of those two, um. Not to put you on the spot, obviously you could just say, Joe. You're, you know, Joe was the Nick, one. But yeah. would there be someone else? That, Joe, you'd put in 18. Yeah,
1: 18, you think? Yeah, another driver I don't rate very highly. Okay. <laughs> there are a few that I f- think should not be on the F1 grid, and <laughs> uh, Joe Guanyu is one of them. <laughs> so
0: yeah, this is this is the beauty of F1, right? Because oh, yeah. Joe, I'd rate quite highly. Um, so yeah, this this is this is what i love about f1 right that we can all I, have our i was toasted last
1: season uh <laughs> last season when i uh, did the driver ratings the year and driver ratings and i put Joe in bottom 5 mm-hmm. the way i was roasted by people how can you put him in th- <laughs> how can you put him in lo- bottom 5 he did this he did that <laughs> and like no i don't think he did that but yeah everyone has a different opinion of course <laughs> look opinion at the end of the day it's exactly. all subjective exactly and Definitely,
0: and the key thing we say on this channel is, you know, everyone's free to shout about their own opinions as long as they do it respectfully. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, I mean, to be fair, um, you'll see in a few minutes. Joe is not much higher up on my list anymore. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to massively disagree with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in in seventeenth. <17th laughs> In 17th, I put Piastri. And this is one where I think people will shout at me. Um, But this honestly is because (sighs) Piastri is going to have to adapt to that McLaren. Hmm. And McLaren looked to have a really, really poor time. And McLaren
1: has to adapt to the regulations. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) And we know now as well that um, McLaren have basically said that they went down one route last year towards building their 2023 car, realized it was the wrong route and basically are working on their development of the, what they think is the right route, but they're not going to bring that till Azerbaijan. We saw that Norris was quite angry in the paddock.
1: He punched a wall or something.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think Norris will do what Norris does and drive around a bad car. And, it's not that I think Piastri is a bad driver by any means, by any stretch. I think he he he's set to have very high expectations. It's just, look, we saw how Daniel Ricciardo struggled in this car, mm. and I'm just not expecting if the car is having as many troubles as expected mm. for Piastri to bring anything stellar in the first race. That's not to say later in the season he won't do well, but I just think... The first race could be a difficult one for McLaren and especially for Piastri.
1: Yeah.
0: Is my thinking.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um logically you're right. I I don't think I can disagree with you. It's primarily because of McLaren, not the driver. Let's just put it that way. The car the car is it's an underdeveloped car. You can see how it is responding on track. It's I mean I'm I'm disappointing. I had a complete two, three minute rant on just one of my recent videos. Just for McLaren because it's so frustrating. I mean I started watching it during the time when McLaren was the team to be in. And looking at where they are where they are right now it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same for me. I, I watch I started watching properly back in two thousand four. Um, So not, not long before
1: McLaren was, was a, a, you know, a big force again. (laughs) So um, so you're used to seeing, so you're used to being disappointed by McLaren, I guess. (laughs) If you've gone through 2005, then (laughs) nothing, (laughs) (laughs) nothing can beat that. Uh,
0: At at least, at least in 2007, at least in 2007, they made it up with, um, you know, some good
1: entertainment in terms of uh, Spygate and... Max Mosley <laughs> and
0: everything else.
1: <laughs> you know, I was so young at that time oh, I God. could not yeah. understand yeah. what was going on. I I had zero because in India the coverage is poor, to be very honest. Or Formula Formula One is not a huge sport here. So what we had, we had ESP and okay. star.com and we used to, you know, find out something, some nugget of information. They used to these they used to be these words Spygate and whatnot. And I had zero clue what was going on. It's only after a few years, the Orkut days and whatnot. <laughs> Then I started understanding what was going on. Such a mess. Such a mess. I think in 2009, I finally <laughs> understood what was Spygate. It was two years too late. <laughs> At least for me. Yeah. It was a bad time. 2007, yeah. this thing, 2008, Crashgate. To- what was going on? I mean, yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, by 2009, you had Crashgate as well. So Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> cheering for Philippe Massa like anything. complete disclosure 2008 I wanted Massa to win and he did not and when in 2009 I found out it was because of this crap oh god I was so heartbroken I was so heartbroken because if you see what happened in the last race (laughs) in Brazil looking at Massa crying on the podium you're like uh, you know you just feel for the guy he was the underdog to be fair if he just imagine if he had won that title yeah world would have been quite different But yeah, uh, not to deviate from the topic.
0: No, that's okay. Just one second. Is that Glock? I'm just kidding. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Had to do it. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I get you. Honestly, watching that as well, I remember, um, and I love love looking at the replay because it's such, it's one of those moments in F1 history, right? Like, there's so many of those moments. It was was such a flow of emotions. You could see the Ferrari team and... Yeah And you can see the Ferrari team celebrating Yeah Until the last It was two corners Or the last
1: lap Or Jean, the, the flag Jean, right? Jean Chau, I, I think he did it on that one I think last corner only right Just the last corner Glock just so. Load down completely was,
0: Yes Yeah Well last corner onto the back straight right Yeah Coming yeah, up
1: around Yeah, yeah. What, Crazy 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 Oh, oh man, man. Yeah. yeah. And Gosh. I don't think many people remember that. That's Vettel why we F1, right? Yeah, exactly. And I don't think many people remember that Vettel almost cost Lewis their title. He was the one who overtook him just, I think, a couple of laps earlier or something like that in a tour or so. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the new fans, when they go back and watch these races, they'll understand what kind of. Th- that season was something different. And especially that last race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good times. I mean these are good times as well, but I, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I, I think um obviously not to deviate too far from the topic of Borrain, <laughs> but it is one thing that um one thing that I think is always funny um with newer fans, and it's not to not to bash newer fans. They're they're yeah. newer fans, so obviously they haven't seen these old races. But um one thing I do find funny is, you know, there's a lot of times where newer fans will complain about the FIA or about the way races are done, and it's kind of. I always giggle a little bit because oh, it yeah. hasn't changed; it's always been like this. It's just now. It's, it's just now there's better. a better. More people shouting on Twitter.
1: It's gotten better. <laughs> just think yeah. about it. It's gotten better. Yeah. It used to be a whole lot of. I remember go- going to sleep knowing that Hamilton had won the Belgian Grand Prix and waking up to find out that he had not. And I uh, in two thousand eight, and I still. I I mean how how is that possible? But it's it's FIA. It's a corrupt organization if I can say it. It's been a corrupt organization since since forever. And these are not even the major issues, to be very honest. I've seen so many worse things. Ferrari International Assistance is a thing. I've seen it happen. And I don't mind, to be honest, I don't mind. Um have have power, use it. It's as simple as that. You're there to win, do it, completely fit the
0: The other thing is, as I've said a few times on here, like it it clearly has its issues, yeah. but the other option is for the sport if the other option would have been that if Bernie Eccleston hadn't of in nineteen eighty one gotten the commercial rights hmm. for television, the way Formula One would have gone is like FIFA, uh, where the FIA would have been in complete control of everything. And we've seen the corruption in FIFA. So, oh, God, yeah. No, I don't I mean, think there's a, a true, true d- answer.
1: I, there I is think, no true I think answer. it's just one of those things.
0: The thing is you just try
1: to get incrementally no. better. It comes down to that. I mean, yeah. I've seen the sport yeah, evolve exactly. so much. Since <clears throat> now. Since you started watching yeah. in 2004, I did it in 2005. Since then, the even the racing has gotten so much better. Okay so much better
0: yeah I, I, the only thing I would say is I do miss the cars looking a little bit lighter back then um, but yeah. that could also be nostalgia bias no no you no know, you I, always I think agree with that, you, um, you know,
1: when you yeah, go back and um, play races look
0: back fondly you know
1: no, those cars <clears throat> the thing is we've we've, um, we've basically the tracks like Monaco are now outdated because the cars are too big and mm-hmm. that is not going to change unless we make the car smaller. I think F1 is realizing that as well. There there has been an ad- admission on their part that the cars cannot be this big. And if they are going to be this big, the tracks have to be wider. Either, either of the two. You can't have huge cars and then yeah. do races on street tracks because then that kills everything. So there is that. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, yeah. the slow speed efficiency, The, the I mean... Just imagine, 2006 Monaco Grand Prix. Michael Schumacher came from the back of the grid to finish P5 in Monaco, and he did it on the track. Imagine anyone trying to do it right now. It's impossible. It's impossible. You can't overtake. It's as no. simple unless, as that. Yeah. They, even unless you um,
0: <laughs> unless you fit fit jets or something to the back of the car and go into the marina and come back out.
1: Yeah, find a shortcut or something. (laughs) But yeah, even Monaco is considered bad for racing right now. Just if anyone, anyone wants to see that overtaking can be done in Monaco, just watch the 2006 race from Michael Schumacher because that was crazy. And at that point in time, I don't think anyone appreciated it. But now when you look back, you're like, how did he do that? Stunning, just stunning. (laughs) I think as well that
0: the last thing I'll say on this before we get back, because I know there'll be people listening and watching going, I thought they were doing predictions a minute ago.
1: Yeah. Um, What happened? (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing in 2006? (laughs) The the one
0: good thing, uh, the one good piece of news I will give is that they are talking about making the car smaller for 2026. Whether it happens or not, uh, we'll have to see But but they have discussed it Um, Um, to get us back on track. Uh, in P16 I've put uh, Nick DeVries uh, again mm. more to do with the car for me um, and the reason I put him higher than Sonoda is because like like we've already kind of discussed this so we won't spend too much time on it um, yeah, yeah. but for me I think from what I've seen from Nick he's <laughs> quite good at kind of you know wrestling a car and this does mm. look like an alpha tower that needs to be wrestled true um, but that that's as much as I have to say.
1: Right. I have seen a few analyses on obviously on Twitter, so you can't really go d- too deep into it. Uh, they showed mm-hmm. the traces of uh, for the Alpha Tauri, Um The car looks better on fast speed sections. It's far too much of a handful mm-hmm. on the slow speed parts. I I think maybe if we, if we are specifically talking about a driver being able to hustle a car through. Basically, you know, grab it um, by the scruff of its neck and drag lap time out of it. Maybe I think DeVries might be the driver for that. I mean, that is something he's specialized in. Even in Formula E, he's been very good at that. Maybe you're right. I, you may, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. making me think over it again. But I think you might be right on that part. I, <laughs> maybe, probably yes. So yes, 16th DeVries and 15th Yu Zhou. I don't <laughs> think I can disagree with that too much. To be very honest.
0: Yeah, and and look, let's just we're we're still somewhat agreeing. I'm not saying he's going to be able to wrangle the car into the top ten. So it is only oh, it's 16. impossible. There's only a two place difference yeah, between yeah. us, <laughs> so it's yeah. not a huge jump. <laughs> um, a, an odd one, and this this is an odd one. In 14th, I've put Drogovic. Now, there's a couple of reasons this is an odd mm. one. The first thing is that obviously that car looks quite quick, um, and I've put Alonso yeah. a lot higher. Uh, but just on the basis that even though I rate Djokovic very highly, his time in the car is very small, and yeah. this also assumes that Stroll won't be back, um, because I'm making that assumption just based on I think we probably would have got confirmation already. I know it's only the time of recording. Yeah, I no, don't think he's coming back. Uh, not for a few races, I don't. I I wouldn't say.
1: If it is a wrist injury, yeah. according to reports, I don't think he's coming back soon. I mean, I have I've had one. I know it doesn't heal too early, especially if you're driving that monster of a car. I don't think he's coming back, at least for the first two races. <laughs> Not for the first two races. It could be six I or seven so.
0: weeks, right? Easily.
1: <laughs> Ideally, yes, but these drivers, they are um, different specimens, yeah. I mean, they are they heal fast, yeah. they are very very attuned with their body and Entire the whole fitness thing. So maybe he might heal earlier. But I don't, think, I don't think he comes back in the first two races. So those two for Dragovich, Which would be a good thing, to be fair.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the one good thing for Stroll is if he does need that time to heal, there is that almost month break between race three, which is Australia, and yeah. Azerbaijan. Yeah. Um So... That's good for him. And you're right, these these guys definitely heal up a lot quicker than hmm. this fat ball podcaster and drinking Heineken. Um, so that yeah. <laughs> that should be good. <laughs> but um, yeah. I think um, I, I think look, I rate Drugovic very highly. The problem for me is as we move up through the field, I just don't know if even though the car is quite quick. Hmm. I just think he may struggle with the fact that he hasn't had much time to bet in. And there, I think the competition above this point, as I move further into the grid, hmm. and the cars are a lot closer than they were last year. So I think that could hamper hmm. Drugovich. But I could be way off. I could be way off.
1: Yeah, it all depends on how good the Aston Martin is, to be fair. Uh, actually, it depends on two things. How good the Aston Martin is and how much Aston Martin has converted itself into the Alonso racing team. Um, I think you might be aware of that (laughs) phenomena which which happens at almost every team Alonso drives for. Every every small resource will be assigned towards Fernando Alonso. That's what happens when Alonso drives for any team. If that is happening here as well, Dragovich will struggle. And uh, even if the car is... I don't know how good Aston Martin is to be very honest. I've put it at I did my own picking order. I have placed it at fourth, conservatively, honestly conservatively, but I, <clears throat> I'll i wait for the first race to pass judgment on where it ultimately ends up. Fourteen seems suffice, to be fair, to Dragovic. I
0: I think it's funny as well. You're not the first person um, that has said that fourth is conservative. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I do find it funny that a team that started so far back last year yeah. that even... Like even big race pundits like the therace.com are saying things like conservatively, I'd put them forth, basically saying I think they could be fighting in top three. <laughs> um, I, I, I know, think I, that I, I might hope, happen. I hope they can. Yeah, I really hope so.
1: Yeah, we'll get back to that yeah, um, with the Fernando where he plays Fernando Alonso because that would be the more I, interesting. I, I was just going to
0: say because I've got Alonso. Yes, Al- we'll, we'll get to, it. We'll
1: get
0: to it. Like I've got Alonso so high up, you're definitely going to disagree with me, but it'll be a good point to talk about it. So we'll
1: get to You, you think so? Uh, um, you, you know, <laughs> so? You know, you know, I'm the guy who actually uh, on Wimbo Wimbo f ones podcast, I made a prediction even before pre-season testing had completed that Fernando Alonso will win a race this season. I'm such a huge believer <laughs> of that person, even though I hated him in 2010s. But I'm such a huge believer of the driver that I think <laughs> I expected him to win a race even before the whole thing happened. So now you can just imagine where my expectations are. So <laughs> Do you won't surprise well, me? Well, <laughs> most probably I won't disagree with you either. <laughs> well, so yeah.
0: I don't quite have him winning the race, but it, but spoiler, yeah. it's it's not far off. Um, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, so in thirteenth, I have Magnussen, um, huh. yeah. and this is just down to again. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if the car the Haas looks good, but I don't know if they'll make as big a jump as they did last year. And I do think some of the teams a little bit further up have made a bigger jump. Of course, we're we're still talking about the first race here, so. You know, anything could happen, but I think Magnuson thirteenth, considering who's ahead, is, in my opinion, is fair. But obviously, that's why we have these podcasts to discuss these yeah. opinions, right? So, <laughs> in
1: your view, uh, Haas is a better or worse car than Alfa Romeo? In your view, um if you think about it, I think,
0: I think it's slightly behind, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I don't think there's much between them, yeah. if I'm honest. It comes down to the drivers. I think it's going to be race-dependent, if I'm perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. A- and the track as well, I think. I, I can mm-hmm. see those two cars, um, you know, sharing weekends, if that makes sense. So we'll see one do <laughs> quite well at a certain type of track and one at another. Mm-hmm. Um, but I-, I don't think there's a huge amount between them. And I, for-, for whatever reason in my head, I think that, yeah. I think that Alfa Romeo in the hands of Bottas could be quicker this weekend than the Haas. Um, okay. But again, this is all speculation, so I'm sure there'll be some comments correcting me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I would disagree with you on a, to a certain extent because I don't think Norris' place is any higher than 13th. That's the best I think he can get okay. in that McLaren. Interesting. McLaren is nowhere. I mean, whatever I've seen... I mean he's a brilliant talent. let's not kid ourselves, but that car at the end of the day a driver is limited by the car. I don't think he does i don't think he scores points where he finishes I don't know, but I don't think if um he scores points with this car. I don't see that happening i also I'm also not sure if the if McLaren completes a race they've struggled so much they've had so uh, the whole wheelbarrow thing I don't know if it will be able to overcome that. Again, every time I talk about <laughs> McLaren, I get depressed. What have they done? <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm so angry. They wasted so much time fighting over Oscar Piastri. Just make the bloody car better. They you have a driver. I <clears throat> I don't get it. But again, I think I would put Norris at thirteenth. Magnussen maybe a okay. step higher. Norris at thirteen. I don't think he thirteen is the best case scenario. Even last year we saw that the first two races were poor. Sorry, the first race was poor for McLaren. The second race I think finished P six something. Yeah. Norris. Uh, I'll uh, I'll say my number twelve in a minute then because I think this is probably
0: a good good point just to do something again. You know, casual. Um, I put Norris in 11th. So I have agreed with you that I don't think you'll get into the points. Hmm. Um, and I'll get on to my 12th in a minute. You know, we can jump around. It's our it's it's yeah, our yeah. podcast. We make the rules. Um I I tend to agree with you that I think Norris will struggle with it. Um the only reason I've put him as high up as 11th to be perfectly honest is because he just he's always been able to, you know, drive around a terrible car. Yeah. But this car looks particularly terrible <laughs> for McLaren standards. Um, yeah. so I, I, I would say 11th is probably you know, in, the best thing you can do in, and as you said I hope I'm wrong I hope we're wrong um, I hope they show up you know with something but. you
1: know in all fairness um, what, uh, w- would you consider the last year's car worse than what we have this year or is it the other way around at the start of the season remember they were nowhere last year as well uh, at the start mm-hmm. and they finished I think 17-18 Yes, they did. 17th,
0: 18th. Yeah. Um, I think it was 17th, 18th, right? Or was it Something 14th, like that, 15th? yeah. I can't remember. It's roughly, that yeah, on that. Yeah. Um, that kind of point, yeah. I can't remember exactly. But the one thing I would say, and, and and it goes back to the point you were just making about McLaren. If I was a diehard McLaren fan, the the one thing I would take to comfort myself a little bit <laughs> is that McLaren over the last couple of years at least have yeah. been quite good at in-season development. Yeah. So even if they start quite poorly at this weekend, one mm. they've been good at development and two this hasn't been a particularly good track for them anyway. So Yeah. you know, true. we know they're bringing a big upgrade I think at Azerbaijan, right? I think
1: is when everyone is coming. bringing in a, in Baku, yeah. That's the first <laughs> European race. The season is quite quite yeah. weird this this time around, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. And what's also, going there's happen. that kind of weird kind of
0: three week gap too, so that helps.
1: Four week or three week? How yeah. much is
0: it? I think it's a three week gap right between Australia. To, uh, and, and
1: second and thirtieth was. Okay, could yeah, be wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you you you're right. You're right. I guess. Is it
0: three weeks or is that four weeks? second well, and 30th. That's, that's 30th that's 28
1: days but i uh the race weekend starts before that no so that's roughly weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah roughly yeah it's but anyway yeah. um that's a long time oh that's that's horrendous um,
1: i i don't mind to be honest um winter. no no i i actually don't mind um, <laughs> i'm fine with it i i know the i know the next month is going to be a it's going to stretch quite a few things. After that, probably a 28-day break. I, I I don't mind. I get time to work on my YouTube channel. I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. I, if
0: what we're saying is correct, it might be a good break for McLaren fans, right?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> I, I'll fall in that category. <laughs> yeah. Um. Here, Here's a weird one, and this is one
0: that I think... Is an odd one, but it'll kind of make sense when we get to the top. I want to say seven, right? Um, mm-hmm. Why I've placed this driver so far back, but just behind Norris, I put Alcon, and that's going to be an unpopular opinion, I think. But I, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit concerned about Alpine in a way. Um, maybe just for the first couple of races, until I see one of two things: one that they have got on top of reliability. And two, that they've made a, a proper step because the only reason I say that is because Aston made such a large step, and obviously we'll talk mm. about them later, and they went down a similar concept route to Alpine, but they just didn't look as as strong as Aston. Again, that could be they were holding a lot in reserve, they were doing a different run plans, but... I'm a little bit concerned that Alpine maybe haven't made the jump we all expect. And, and given yeah. if Aston are in the mix, that means there's kind of a top eight. That does push them close to out of the points. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so how did the car look in your view on track, Alpine? It looked... Not good, right? It didn't look slow, but it also... It, went, this, it, this, did, this, it looked this, like this, a handful. <laughs> the bouncing yeah, was it crazy. Just, it looked like a <laughs> handful where... Well,
0: compared to everyone else, the porpoising was worse. Yeah. And the thing about the Alpine was, compared to the Aston, the Aston I saw, you know, being a little bit of a challenge at some corners. But hmm. whenever I saw it doing that, it tended to seem to me like that was Alonso being Alonso and very much trying to find the limits. Whereas yeah. the Alpine consistently seemed to be a little bit of a handful. And that that was why, to me, that along with the fact that there was the reliability issues day one, mm. not everyone was getting excited about it. Even the engineers in the paddock, they didn't mention it too much. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I'm a little worried it hasn't made a big step.
1: Uh, look, in my view, um, I have put Aston... My, um, when I did my did the whole pecking order thing, I put Alpine as fifth. One of the reasons why I did that was... Okay. Um, It's only because the thing is Alpine never looks good in testing. Uh, Even last year, even until FP1 of Bahrain, they had that whole engine cover blowing off, something like that. It happened with Ocon, So the team never looks... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it never looks good until it starts racing. And uh, one thing that was quite obvious, I I saw a couple of long runs from Alpine. Um, I compared it with... When you compare those long runs... It was, I don't remember the exact values, but uh, I think it was Gasly who did it. There was a clear two to three tenths mm-hmm. of a advantage that he enjoyed over Haas, Alfa Romeo. Uh, McLaren was nowhere. Aston Martin was ahead, considerably ahead. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, you see, and and throughout the three days, those were the only meaningful times when when Alpine did something. They didn't do any low fuel run. I don't think they did anything on C4 or C5, if I'm not wrong. Uh, you look at those things, you see that I the team is... correct,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So on that front, you see that the team is not pushing the package to that limit. Now, there can be two ways to think about it. First, they are not entirely confident that they can do that. Second is they are quietly confident and uh, they don't really need to do that. Something that Mercedes used to do earlier in 2014-15 when they, they never showed their true pace. You take all those things and you put it together. And you also take into consideration the teams like Haas and uh, Alfa Romeo who have a history of, you know, messing things up during a weekend. I tend to put Alpine a bit higher. Plus, I also rate Othmar very highly. What he did with Force India was superb. To be honest, they they were finishing P4 in a shoestring budget. And if he brings that experience to Alpine, mm-hmm. I think they will do well. Maybe not at the start. But again, uh, coming back, on uh, at P12, you have Esteban Ocon, right? I I think I'll rather, yeah. uh, if I have to go about uh, coming back to the other order, order uh, I'd put uh, Magnusson at P12 and I'd put Gasly at P11 because in terms of the two Alpine drivers, I rate Ocon a bit higher than Gasly, at least for now, after the kind of season he had last year against Alonso. Mm-hmm. So that's where I tend to put, you know, at least in terms of uh, if I have to put a Alpine driver in that particular bracket, I'd put him, I'll put Gastly rather than putting a And this is, um, it's
0: funny in a way because our predictions are not massively off each other. Um, yeah. Because not to, not to spoil it for the wonderful listeners, but I've put Gastly P9, so I haven't put him way
1: up the field either. Um, yeah
0: but yeah i i there's
1: one thing put that Gassi i actually p9. yeah so okay you put gasly p9 that's not too uh, too much of a variance right yeah hmm. that's what i was thinking yeah i uh, if no if i go through it i think in p10 i will put uh, i think in p10 i will put mostly which uh, who who uh, in p10 i'll put Valtteri bottas roughly that's my expectation p9 i will put hulkenberg p8 i'll put Ocon. top 7 we will get to it now the more interesting part that, that's the whole yeah. midfield once we're yeah. done with that's how i will We've, go about it
0: we, yeah and this is the thing we're, we're not um this is the thing we're not massively off each other anyway so, Yeah. you know what maybe i'll i'll give you i'll give you my lineup for those and then we can maybe see if there's anything of discussion here but I, i've put p8 Bottas, p9 gasly Um, Mm. And P10, Hulkenberg. We've Mm. already said I've put Norris in P11. Um, Yeah. I think Bottas goes well here. I think Hulk, you know, Hulk is is back. I think we're going to maybe see more of a, a, you know, a Magnussen. Yeah, kind of, you know, an exciting first race from Hulk. Mm. Um, And I put Gasly P9 somewhat for a similar reason. Not that I think Gasly will be Ocon over a season, I think just, you know, Gasly's got a lot to prove in the first race, first of all, after making Mm -hmm. the jump. And also, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, sometimes when you see a driver swap, you do Mm -hmm. see that kind of early confidence coming out, and then things settle down. Um,
1: Don't you think he'll take some time to get used to Alpine in the first race?
0: I I do, but I don't know. I, I... I have a feeling the first one to two races he'll do well. And mm. then we'll see. does more. well in Bahrain. I don't know why. I have literally, and I can, yeah, I, I can also tell you I have literally no, no evidence or facts to back yeah. this up. It's just a feeling. So yeah. <laughs> that's as much, <laughs> that's, a, that's as, um, as reliable as these, uh, these opinions are. Yeah. Uh, I've a little bit more fact and, and, you know, uh, and evidence to back up the top seven. My, my opinion's on the top seven. Mm, but for Gasly okay. and Ocon, mm. that's just more of a feeling with the two. Um, and as for the reason I put them in ninth and twelfth, is more just, the car didn't stand out to me. As it didn't look good. I think will be a stand mm, card. Yeah, season, it didn't look good. Yeah. It, it is only preseason testing, though.
1: They're bringing, so a, they're bringing an upgrade as well, right? Pre Bahrain, they're bringing something to the car. I don't know what it is. They're bringing something, apparently.
0: I, I have heard that. Yeah, I think they're bringing Flavio Briatori. That that will be. <laughs> vibe, <no? laughs>
1: will he? Will he be an upgrade? <laughs> no, Which one you. of the two is going to crash? <laughs> For the other to win. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh God! No, oh, I, I, yeah. and, and just just to make it clear that 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 was a joke. Um, I think Otmar was the right decision, and you know, as you said, he did great things in Force India. Yeah. Um, and I do rate him very highly as a team principal. Um, yeah. so we do. Yeah. Maybe, I as much as I would love Flavio to come back just for the just for the drama. <laughs> Heck of it. Um, it's probably not a good decision. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> He was a character. So he was a true character. Let's jump into <laughs> he he really Andy was for anyone who's new to F1, he was banned from the paddock for a long time as well.
1: That's yeah. how bad it was. He should have been. <laughs> he he fixed a goddamn race. He should have been banned. Yeah, I, I'm not in favor of Pat Simmons coming back as well. To be honest, yeah. he's designing the new age cars, but I don't think <laughs> he should be back you can't come back after fixing a race i don't think you can but anyways let some t- topic for some other day yeah. maybe
0: we'll come back and um we'll do a, an fia controversies or a you know an f1
1: oh, controversies yeah. wouldn't that be fun <laughs> um,
0: yeah cuz we could we we could show maybe you know just how it's always been like this uh, you know yeah. before i move on anyone who doesn't believe me check out the controversies with uh, michael schumacher's first season when flavio was running that team and they
1: weren't 94 sure if the car or, or 92 oh uh, yeah 94 right oh yeah. god that was He's, crazy his, um, sorry
0: not his first season his first title
1: first title contending season yeah yeah oh god yeah, yeah. so what do you think by the way was that car <laughs> legal or was that illegal what's your view I'm going off topic. I'm sorry. But uh, what's no, your... I've, okay. I've never heard anyone's view on this. The funny thing is,
0: right? The funny thing for me is looking... Like, obviously, look, I was five at the time. So this this all comes <laughs> down to me being a nerd and looking at old races and reading F1 history. So obviously, I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I wasn't massively into F1 at the time. I was, um, I was learning how to read and write. But... Um, <laughs> The, the thing that the evidence that they found was that there was still software less, left over, right? If I, if I remember mm. correctly, from the yeah. the traction control and, and, you know, the driver assistance systems. yeah. And their argument was basically, we've killed it, but there's just still some software left over. Uh, my argument with that would be... <laughs> what is that, it doing there? That's like saying, yeah, look, I, I, I know I've... It, that's like saying I know I've got a V twelve in the back of the car, but I've turned six of the, <laughs> the the cylinders off. You can still, you know what I mean. You at any point you could easily switch that back on. So,
1: yeah, but yeah, the thing I, I is, even McLaren and Ferrari the, had that. Obviously, the thing is, the question that comes up is: um, yeah. even McLaren and Ferrari had that. The same thing, they had the software. Okay. They had True. Just True. it was just okay. uh, I wasn't if aware of if that. anyone. Yeah, if any of the viewers wanted to, you know, want to dig deep into what happened, um, it's not my podcast. Just plugging in because it's great for knowledge. Uh, bring back Wheatons by the race. Go and hear. Uh, go and give it a go. Yes, it's amazing. They have covered it in quite detail. And uh, anyone who wants to, you know, learn a bit more about what happened in the nineties, okay. so do that. I mean, just as a fan, I would um,
0: actually. And thank you for that tip because I, I really do enjoy. Yeah, no, I really yeah. do enjoy the Bring Back V 10s podcast, but I hadn't They're heard amazing. that particular
1: episode, so, uh, <laughs> so that, yeah. that's going on my list tomorrow.
0: Now, um,
1: it's amazing. I mean, some of the <laughs> some are probably not that good, some episodes, but quite a few key events are amazing. I mean, if if you are a Michael Schumacher fan or you're someone who's been following him since then, you will probably want to hear every nugget of information that you can get on him. So I tended to do that. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a self-professed Michael Schumacher fan. For me, he's the GOAT. He's the best that has ever been. I try to find out every little detail that I can. And that was also one of the seasons.
0: Well, I will I will be sure to go and check that episode out then. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, given people are listening for predictions, and even though we, I think myself and yourself, by the sounds of it, could probably make an entire podcast talking about this stuff. And I think... Perhaps over the course of the season, we should link up to do that again because sure. <laughs> that <No> sounds <laughs> fun. Let's jump in yeah. to the top seven.
1: Um, okay, so mm, who do you have in P7? this top seven? That is seven, going think, to be um, very interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Who do you have in? P7? Yeah, well,
0: this top seven I think is going to infuriate a lot of people. Just, just, just before I do this, this top seven I think is going to upset people because I've got some people. I've, you know, some are, are obvious, but. Russell being in P seven might upset a few people, but that's who I've got in P seven. Oh the reason for that is I think the Mercedes I don't think the Mercedes has bridged the gap to Ferrari or Red Bull just yet. Hmm. Um if I'm if I'm honest. <laughs> um, I I was on the first day of testing I watched the car go around the track and I was Pleasantly surprised. I thought, you know, they'd made a big step, and I think they have made a good step over last year. But I also looks think beautiful. that Red Bull and Ferrari that have car made looks a big so step as well in terms of their performance. The car, that if it, if this if looks won championships, it yeah. would be definitely in contention for the title. Such a beautiful um, car. I'm so happy they brought back know, the just, black
1: livery. So beautiful. I mean, <laughs>
0: yes, that's one thing I will. I definitely agree on <laughs> it. It yeah. looks fabulous. It looks fa- And it looks quick. It looks yeah. quick. Um yeah. Look, I, I have, I have absolutely no doubt that in my opinion, anyway, Mercedes will be fighting for wins come race four or five. They're I, again, as the we've talked times, they're <laughs> one of the teams. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah. They're one of the teams bringing their backup upgrade. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just I think I think out of the top three teams and Alonso, which yeah. is how I'm quoting this. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think <laughs> the, the Mercedes could struggle a bit for the first couple of races. Mm. So I, I'm putting Russell P7 yeah. because I think I, I just think Hamilton will outperform him for the first couple of races. There's something about Hamilton this year. There's a mm. a certain smart about him. I feel yeah. like he's ready to, you know to kind of show us who, who's not old,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you worried he might retire at the end of the season? I'm sorry I'm putting you on the spot. Are you worried that Lewis might retire at the end of the season? I I know. I've,
0: I've, I've got a couple of opinions on this. I think if he wins an eight title, he goes. But I also think if he has another really bad season, he goes. That's I think the thing. Yeah, That's I think it really has mean. to be one of those two extremes, though. Like, I think if they're close enough to fight for wins, and not just one win like last year, I mean, if they're if they're in contention for wins at, you know, a lot of races this year, at least by, you know, kind of midway through the season, I think he'll stick around for another season at the very least. But I think it's one of those two extremes, right? If he wins a title, I think he's gone because what else is there to win? Like, he's statistically the best driver in history. If he gets that eight title, what the hell else is there to do? But I also think, on the other side, if he has a really awful season with Mercedes, he may just say, I don't want to go down the Schumacher or Vettel route, where, you know, it's just downhill from here. Um, So, yeah, it would be a concern. It would be a concern. Yeah,
1: what if Russell Um, outperforms him? The cars, good and Russell outperforms him. I think
0: if Russell outperforms him but the car is very good, I think that He'll could stick cause around. him to
1: stick around for another season. Do you think it will cause any kind of uh, friction between the two or between the team if Russell is outperforming Lewis consi- uh, consistently? Because there's no excuse this time around, right? Uh, the... I did a video on this thing only um, because the whole contract renewal, it has been getting delayed again and again. Once you do that, there's some doubt on both parties, on both sides. I don't know what that is. A lot of things could be, but I'm slightly worried. I won't go too, too deep into it because, you know, (laughs) we have to get back to the predictions, but I, (laughs) but I'm slightly worried uh, Um, if we'll see Lois beyond this season. Just, my hunch. I had that hunch about Vettel last year, just one week before he announced. I put out a video that Vettel will, will retire this season. One week later, he retired. I was so furious. But yeah, I have these hunches. <laughs> I worry uh, if that will happen. But let's yeah. see. Who knows? I, I guess. I guess it really depends on. I guess it really
0: depends on whether he actually does care about the eight title or not, you know? Cuz I think from an outside he perspective also he all of us as fans do he does do talk I'm telling about you that this. a lot, like you know, 100% do you think so?
1: he does. 100%. Yeah, it's just it's just
0: because it, like if he didn't, then he could walk away as like I said st- still statistically the best driver in history, even though it's he's tied yeah. on seven titles. He's got wins yeah, yeah. more games, sure. you know, um
1: I mean vote and all is still secondary the most successful yeah, like, driver in formula 1 there's only one that's that's Lewis Hamilton almost a decade of dominance yeah. without doubt
0: it's an interesting one though i to be honest I, I if i'm honest i hope he doesn't because i think i think he's still driving at a, a a very high level and i think if you give him the right car we'll yeah. we'll see him fight for wins the problem is the problem and this is just just the way life works. The problem is the new guys unless you're Alonso, the new guys always come in I'm kidding, by the way. The new guys always come in and, you know, take up that that, that reign. You know, like yeah. we saw in fact if we look at Alonso, Alonso came in and ruined Schumacher's parade. You know, this new young driver came in and, and ruined He it beat for him fair and square in 2006. Schumacher. So this is yeah. just the way it goes. Yeah, this is just the way it goes. So I guess it depends whether he gets the equipment to, to actually mm. win a title and yeah. and what he wants to stick around for. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe he's enjoying, because there was part of him last year, and I know we've gone way off topic. Sorry, podcast listeners, but listen, as I've explained in the past, I'm Irish, we tend to go on tangents. Um, <laughs> if he actually is enjoying being the underdog again, then maybe he yeah. will stick around for a couple of years and just enjoy it.
1: I think you know, he looks maybe. Uh, maybe. he looks well. positive this year. Um, the outlook seems to be more positive mm-hmm. than what we had last year, and yeah, it should be um, because Red Bull is it's compromised to an extent with that whole uh, penalty. There's yeah I uh, the. The delay is just something that makes me think why something has not been done on that front. It's just that delay in contract extension. Why is it not done already? I mean, it should be a five-minute chat between both of them. There is some doubt. Definitely, there is some doubt between the two. I don't know what that is, but there's something wrong. Yeah. Anyways, coming back uh, yeah, <laughs> coming back to the predictions. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you, just the last thing I will say on that is you're right, yeah. though. There is one thing where... No, we we say in F one, which is um, there's no smoke without fire, right? So like, yeah, uh, you know, he could easily just sign the contract. So what's the delay? So it, yeah, it's a fair point. It's a good yeah. point.
1: Um, okay, B seven. You have George. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. You have P seven, George Russell, <laughs> right? <laughs> I have yes, Carlos Sainz at P seven. I don't have, I have George at P
0: seven. So I guess. I guess we can talk yeah. about science
1: now. <laughs> uh, it's only because uh, the car seems to be the Ferrari seems to be struggling when it comes to tire wear. Uh, I don't get it. I, uh, I don't understand why the long run pace was so bad. It was it was quite bad even if you don't look at it in comparison with Red Bull. Just look at it in its in isolation and you see the tire deg- the tire deg was quite Quite strange. Uh, I didn't understand it. Probably the low, low down force wing, but uh, I feel at least in the first few races, signs might, you know, struggle to get the maximum out of the car. Plus, I do feel in terms of quality, both the Mercedes drivers are they are elite drivers, and I expect them to beat at least signs in this whole thing in the top six, top seven. Now we have top seven. <laughs> Yeah, and that's actually my... that's funnily
0: enough. Your answer is why I put science uh, P6. Y- your answer is why I put science P6 because I think that the car itself will be faster than the Mercedes, but I think tire deck could hurt both him and Leclerc, which I'll get onto a bit later. Hmm. Um, and I, the reason obviously, and I won't give away where I've put Leclerc, but the reason I think science will be a little bit further back is I think that just generally Leclerc qualifies better. Like, Leclerc is just a qualifying specialist. So I think he'll start that bit further up, which will obviously help with, um, you know, help with him retaining a position or two during the race. Yeah. Um, We've already gone on a long Hamilton rant, but I've put him P5. Um, Yeah,
1: me too. Uh, (laughs) Keeping it short, (laughs) uh, P5 for me. Early in the season, I think he'll extract the maximum, yes. Yes.
0: You've... Exactly said what I was thinking, so I just think the car is there, and he'll he'll extract a little bit more from it than than George yeah. will in these first few races. It's so it's well, so that, um, interesting
1: to see that we have Fernando Alonso ahead of Lewis Hamilton for the first time in one decade. Imagine us doing and, this since the turbo era. Oh God, <laughs> we, we've lived long like, enough to see that.
0: We, we and we're either gonna look like we're either going to look like geniuses on Monday or idiots for doing it as well. So we look like idiots anyway. <laughs> interesting.
1: There's always someone who will call us an idiot <laughs> being there, done that <laughs> doesn't That's surprise true. me anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
0: So the top, the top four then could get interesting in which way we do this. Cause mm. um, I, well, I, I'll start with my fourth and uh, Unfortunately, this this is the driver that I'm, as you may be aware, the biggest fan of. I've put Perez P4, yeah, which is probably a bit of a shock because the car is definitely the fastest.
1: No, no, it's okay. I don't think it's much of a shock, to be fair. Um, I think there's a two to three tenths of a second difference between Ferrari and Red Bull, roughly. Maybe more, I don't know. But roughly, I think it's around three roughly, tenths yeah. of a second. Yeah. So if that is the case, From I testing, expect... Yeah. From testing, yeah. So, if that is the case, I expect... I expect uh, Charles to start ahead of Perez. And I don't expect... I, I, I feel Leclerc is probably a better racer than uh, Perez. Overall, if you... You know, it comes down to the same Carlos Sainz debate as well here. Um, when you talk about these teams, talent makes a difference. Even last year, it made a difference. And even right now, if I have to make a pick, I'll, I'll always put Leclerc over... Perez, even if the car is probably a 10th or two slower. More often than not, I'll do that.
0: Yeah, for me, it's just... um, For me, it's more just that I think Perez won't qualify as well. And while I think the car has a lot of pace, Hmm. you know, it's one of those things where when Perez doesn't qualify well, he tends to struggle. Whereas when Verstappen qualifies poorly, he tends to, you know, eat his way through the field. And I just yeah. don't think that Perez will qualify particularly well at this track. And now that we've got closer cars, um, particularly ones with good tire deg, which we'll get on to in a while, uh, I just think fourth fourth is probably where he'll end up. And I'm yeah. also hoping, because I'm a Checo fan, this is a reverse tra- jinx and he wins the race. But that's, that's the second reason. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah that that's i think it's a fair position to put him in yeah um, i'm not uh, sure if i you, don't you were expect to do agree with better. that as p4 or
1: yeah yeah 100% i don't expect i yeah i don't look i don't see the mercedes cars beating checo but i don't see checo beating the drivers ahead of him right now that's probably the most suffice way to put it so we're
0: getting into the podium positions hmm. and uh it's probably going to surprise some people that I'm not putting Alonso P3. I'm putting mm. Leclerc P3. Uh, but I have a good reason for it. Okay. Um, the reason is that I think that Leclerc will qualify ahead of Alonso because I think in qualifying pace, the Ferrari is quicker, especially in the hands of Leclerc. Um, not to take mm-hmm. anything away from Alonso, which I don't think I am by putting him on the podium. <laughs> um mm. But I think that, as we just discussed, the Ferrari has higher tire degradation. So I think that even though Leclerc qualifies higher, Mm. I think throughout the pitch strategies, if Aston don't do a Vettel at Coda, um, Alonso will be ahead of Leclerc. um, And Leclerc will find it difficult to pass Alonso because, well, it's Alonso. So I'm putting Leclerc P3. For those okay. reasons.
1: Makes sense to an extent. Um, I'd still... The only reason why I'm not putting Alonso ahead of Leclerc right now is because, again, conservatively, I don't think Aston Martin is quicker than Ferrari. It might be doing better than mm-hmm. Mercedes to an extent. I don't think it's quicker than Ferrari overall. Um Plus, the thing is, we always... Yep take the car performance into context. There are other factors as well. Um, it comes to race management. As you rightly touched on, um, pit strategies are going to be crucial. Plus, this is the first time Aston Martin is running at the front. So when a team is running at the front, yeah. the entire energy changes. The way they have to react, The way, just look at what happened with Ferrari last year. It was the first time it was competing for wins <laughs> in three years. And yeah, they, they shit their pants. <laughs> Sorry to say that. Pardon my language, but <laughs> that's what <laughs> happened. <laughs> so that could happen. And uh, <laughs> I, at least for the first few races. And look, this thing happens quite often with every team that, you know, is making that surge to the top. It happened with, I don't think many people will remember. It happened with the Red Bull in 2010. The team in terms of operations was, yeah, yeah it was poor. Many races, it was Ferrari surprise surprise that was able to you know get the operational advantage and Alonso used to make a make a lot of inroads through that right now as well I think I think Alonso knows it as well in the first race I probably Aston Martin is going to be a bit conservative in their approach they're not going to try to shoot too far ahead roughly I think p3 is the best that I expect Alonso to do he he might surprise everyone because he's Alonso and win the race but at least in my view, P3 is the best that I expect him to do right now.
0: Okay. Interesting. So I've I've obviously, obviously, as you could probably garner from what I said, put Alonso P2. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing you're putting Leclerc P2 or? Yeah.
1: Leclerc is P2. Okay.
0: Okay. So I think, listen, even if you're a massive Alonso fan, Leclerc, mm-hmm or sorry, Alonso P2 or P3 is going to be a hell of a result if, if we're right. So Amazing. I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to be annoyed about that if they're an Alonso fan.
1: <laughs> I know quite a few yeah. of Alonso so, fans that will be, I know what they're going to do <laughs> as soon as the race is over. And if he's, even if he beats <laughs> Lewis, that is the first thing they'll do. If Alonso finishes ahead of Lewis on merit, I know they're go- there is going to be a new section of fans that will be re-energized i know a lot of them they've just been dormant <laughs> because he's well, he's practically had backmarkers throughout since 2013 so i know what's going to happen once alonso gets back to you know being in a competitive car
0: and that's that's the beauty of f1 twitter right <laughs> oh <laughs> everyone yeah.
1: likes to shout at everyone <laughs> yeah um i'm oh, i'm so <laughs> think... a target of quite a few <laughs> So yeah. I
0: think um, I think we've obviously put Max Verstappen in P one, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think. I, I think it would be silly not to assume that Max is the favorite to win the race. Yeah. Um, he's got the right car. You know he he consistently wins. Um, I think. I think whether or not you're a Max Verstappen fan, this is the Max Verstappen era at the moment until someone else comes mm. in and um, and does what happens to every world title champion and, and knocks him out of there. Yeah. But I think it's his. I think this is his title to lose, and I think our prediction of him winning the first race kind of uh,
1: kind of backed that up. Uh, I would probably, uh, you know, backtrack a bit. To an extent when it comes to, you know, it's his title to lose because, um, I mean, I agree. The first race he's winning. The first few races, he should be a runaway favorite. Even though the gap is not much. Two to three tenths is not something that cannot Mm -hmm. be covered. It can be covered. That's not the concern. The concern is what happens when the upgrades and development cycle kicks in. The gap is huge in terms of what Red Bull can do and what the other teams can do if Mercedes and Ferrari are roughly four to five tenths behind Red Bull at the start of the season, don't you think they can cover it up? I think they can cover as the season progresses. And imagine, just imagine, if Aston Martin is just half a second behind Red Bull, Alonso will be the favorite to win the title. (laughs) Because uh, (laughs) Aston Martin has double the... Number of wind tunnel runs that uh, Red Bull has. Double. That is going to count for a lot over a season. If Aston Martin is half a second uh, within Red Bull in the first race of the season, I think it's going to be a very close season. It it might be one-way traffic at the start because I think Red Bull has got some head start on that front. As the season progresses, I think things are going to heat up a lot. A lot. Because... Red Bull is compromised. There's no 2 ways about it. They they breach the cost cap, they have a penalty, and they are compromised significantly. And it will surface, I feel, as the season Mm -hmm. progresses. The only thing that I would say I would
0: be concerned about if if anyone's expecting Red Bull to maybe fall, you know, not fall apart with it, but fall that far back with it, would Mm -hmm. be the only thing is... They could very much, you know, move their attention to the 2024 car later than than Red Bull typically would, um, mm. and just be less aggressive on that front, and that would offset that that aero testing. So there is, in my opinion, anyway, and again, this is just from how I understand, you know, the aerodynamicists actually work with their kind of targets over a season. My opinion would be that they would have two options there. We'd compromise, um, like you said, the second half of the season, kind of, you know, their upgrades, or they mm. could decide that if they think it's going to be as close as, as you've just said, they could compromise twenty twenty four. But I, I think I think you're right in the fact that one way or another, given that the spread isn't massive by the looks of it. Now, obviously, we have to see in the races. You are right in saying that I think it will compromise them eventually. The question for me will be, will it be 24 or will it be, you know, halfway through this season? I think that would be the bigger question for me.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an uncharted territory for everyone, to be fair. But, um, (laughs) I mean, anyone expecting (laughs) that uh, Max Verstappen is going to cruise to a title, newsflash, that's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park in any which way. I think all of them, uh, Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin, all three of them, they have the potential to challenge and maybe even, you know, overhaul Red Bull in terms of performance. If that happens, how much Mm -hmm. max the driver can make a difference? Who knows? And that
0: right there is why I think this is unexpectedly going to be quite a good season. Because yeah. we have the likes of Aston in the mix, mercedes oh, yeah. Mercedes don't to me didn't look like they got off to such a good start of testing, but they also didn't look like they were anywhere near as far away as last year, and Ferrari yeah. looked like they've evolved correctly. Um, yeah. I-, I was expecting this season to to be a little bit of a disappointment on a Red Bull runaway, uh, and I'm not quite expecting that anymore. I still yeah. do think that Red Bull are the favorites and I think that you know um right now I would assume it is like a, again this is like everything when we look at this because it's all speculation in, in my opinion I th- I still think it's Max's title to lose but you're right in saying there is a compromise there and that's what yeah. makes this a very exciting season because there's yeah. a lot in that pot that could go right or could go wrong
1: um 23 races
0: 23 races in 2023 and Alonso world champion. could be. Oh, to. wow.
1: <laughs> Imagine if that happens. <laughs> I, oh, I'm not going to
0: lie. I have, um, I've gone through all of the phases of, of an F1 fan in winter testing. I'm a Checo fan, but I contemplated <laughs> buying Ferrari merch. And, you know, as you, may have, as you may have seen behind me, I've obviously got the Ferrari yeah. banner, the McLaren <laughs> banner, you know, I'm a big fan of some of those teams. But right now, I'm I'm almost tempted to buy a load of Alonso merch as well. I'm, I'm really pumped for this season.
1: <laughs> yeah. I really hope the first race doesn't dis- disappoint because hoping... I mean, if the first race is good, if it is close and competitive, I think they're in for a long and intense season. It'll be so much fun.
0: It's been an incredible podcast with you um can you once again just remind everyone um obviously there'll be links in the description below but just remind everyone who got to this far into our predictions and small tangents where the best place is to find you
1: yeah so first of all you can reach out to me on at the casual f1 fan on twitter from there just reach out to me just follow me i'll get back to you and let's keep it as simple as that other than that i have my own youtube channel the casual f1 fan the link is in the bio i'll i'll share it with i'll share it with the, uh, jason other than that just stay around yeah just reach out to me uh, give a follow let's have a chat i mean let's keep things casual that's how i usually go about it
0: yeah and if you don't believe that after an hour of us having a very casual f1 chat um then you're probably never going to believe it anyway um, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining. Honestly, I really appreciate it. And um, we we'll definitely have you back on for maybe a, a post-race podcast or something along those lines, or maybe sure. just a controversy podcast over the course of the season.
1: Oh, yeah. Anything. Anything. When, when it comes to talking about F1, I'm always, I'm always game for it.
0: <laughs> awesome. We'll, we'll make sure to make that happen. Thanks very much for joining me, man. And uh, thank you to all thank of you. you for listening. Thanks for having me. Uh, be sure to subscribe. <laughs> Uh, Anytime, anytime, you're always welcome. And uh, be sure to subscribe. But most importantly, most importantly, if you're listening or watching this, please do go to the links in the description below. This is, of course, the Creator Series podcast. The whole point of this is that there are tons of incredible motorsport and F1 specific uh, creators out there um, that you should be keeping an eye on who bring incredible coverage but maybe don't have hundreds of thousands of followers Actually, I'm one of those who don't have hundreds of thousands of followers. So subscribe (laughs) and follow the links below. Thank you so much, everybody.